The Holy Gospel according to John, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his, and, and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go and call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where our people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks just as these to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship God must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then, his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking to a woman. But no one said, what do you want, or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He can't be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and they were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say, Four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. 
The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I send you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there three days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. Please be seated. going to preach from up here uh, for the sake of our video. Am I, am I on screen? Yep. Excellent. That is a long gospel reading. There are so many angles uh, and so many sermons. Uh, and sadly, we do not have all night. Um, so here's one angle. No one could have imagined back when the Israelites were getting ready to leave Egypt hurriedly cooking, eating, packing up what little they had and can carry with them. No one could have imagined on the bank of the Red Sea, the excitement swelling up inside of them, having just watched their pursuers drown in the water before their eyes, themselves no longer slaves, freedom, a moment of celebration and a future filled with hope and possibility. No one could have imagined the wilderness, the desert, the drought, the physical and emotional exhaustion, the hunger, the thirst, the uncertainty, the panic, the grumbling. Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? We would have been better off in Egypt. We're going to die here, aren't we? There's not even any water. No one could have imagined a future so grim and so bleak when it once looked so hopeful and full of promise and freedom and celebration. Now what? Is the Lord among us or not? Then out of nowhere, a miracle, water, from a rock, God's deliverance yet again. When all had seemed lost and hopeless, God was surely among them, hearing their cries, knowing their pain, just as God had done all along. Before the Red Sea, before the plagues, before the burning bush, before Moses. She never could have imagined, back on her first wedding day, the excitement, the nervousness. She never could have imagined the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth. She never could have imagined her life would turn out this way. She never could have imagined going out to get water from Jacob's well 
at the unbearable scorching heat of the noon hour, when no one else would be around, when she wouldn't have to face them, to see the way they looked at her, the way they would turn to each other and, and whisper and point and laugh. She never knew what they were saying, but she knew. She never could have imagined going out alone, isolated, cut off from her community, socially quarantined. She never could have imagined seeing anyone else at the well, let alone a Jew. And now he's asking me, a Samaritan, for a drink? We don't do that. We don't share things like that. This is scandalous. She never could have imagined there would even be a possibility of this living water. She would never have to come out to the well again. She could never have imagined being quite so vulnerable and open with a stranger, a foreigner of all people, of talking with someone about her life so openly, out of fear of judgment and being shamed. She never could have imagined that the person she was talking to that day was the Messiah. I am the one who is. She could never have imagined being heard without judgment, being seen for who she was, being the one to bring back good news to her people, being the reason that many of her fellow Samaritans believed because of her testimony and her story. She never could have imagined being treated like family by this foreigner, feeling like she belonged and being restored to community. No one could have imagined one week ago, not even a few days ago, when it all seemed so far removed from us, so safely distant and not here. No one could have imagined that a public health pandemic would dominate our day-to-day, -day, even minute-by-minute -minute lives. It seems that everywhere we look, we're reminded of COVID-19 or the coronavirus. It's difficult to think of anything else, scrolling through our social media feeds or reading our newspapers or watching TV. Like it or not, this is our new normal, at least for a little while. Maybe we feel a little bit like the Israelites, lost in the wilderness, seemingly abandoned, uncertain, fearful, certainly not in control or knowing what to expect next. Or maybe we feel a little bit like the woman at the well, isolated, judged, perceived as less than for whatever reason. And maybe we can imagine the woman's cry is the Israelites' cry. Is the Lord among us or not? Maybe it's our cry. Dear people of God, listen to these stories of our faith. In the wilderness, God provides water from the rock. And in ordinary well, Jesus offers this living water and a source of connection and relationship that can never be cut off.
even in this crisis, in any crisis, God is with us. It's easy to feel paralyzed and not know what to do when even our gathering together for worship is at risk. But one contemporary church music composer puts it this way, and I can't think of any better way to say this, so I'm just going to read his words. He says, Music is not canceled. It will just sound a little different for a while. Church is not canceled. Worship will just look a little different for a while. Relationships will not be canceled. They'll just feel a little different for a while. Faith will not be canceled. It will just grow in different ways for a while. Love will not be canceled. In fact, we'll need more of it for a while. There are life-giving sources of connection, even now, maybe especially now. Connections to each other, connections to God. This week I was struck by the images and videos, maybe you saw them too, of people in Italian neighborhoods in Italy under strict national quarantine and lockdown. And they're singing and dancing and playing music from their balconies for each other. There was even one video of a bunch of Italians on their balconies doing the Macarena. Are you seeing your head now, right? <laughs> but they're making the best of their of circumstances that are beyond their control. Connecting even across distances and physical barriers. Social separation or um, Physical separation doesn't have to mean social separation. Even at unity, while our worship certainly looks and feels differently tonight, we're still here. We're here in person, we're here on Facebook, we'll be here anytime this video is watched. And we can continue to connect virtually through our daily Lent e-devos, our worship recordings, sermon podcasts. Technology is a marvelous thing, and we live in a place and time when the majority of us can take advantage of it anytime, anywhere. Just because we're told to keep our distance doesn't mean that we can't make meaningful connections. Read that book that's been collecting dust on your coffee table. Take an online virtual museum tour, as so many museums have been opening up in the last few days. Go for a walk or a run outdoors. Just because you have to be alone doesn't mean you have to do it in your apartment or your house. Soak in the splendor of the natural beauty around you. Order takeout or delivery and take the stress out of cooking dinner and support local restaurants also struggling to make it through this time. Video chat or call or text family and friends. And maybe most of all, be of good courage, dear church. For even in the wilderness, even in isolation, even in the midst of crisis, God is among us. Amen.